Welcome back to episode two of Contra Mundum. My name is Andrew Isker, and I'm here with my co-host, CJ Engel. Hello, CJ. What's going on? Hey, it's it's funny because you said that you're here with me, but I'm like stuck in a basement library, and you're on a golf course. So, <laughs> Yes, yes. Coming live misleading. to you from Florida. Yeah, coming live yeah. to you from Florida, from the land of Ron DeSantis. Here am I. Uh, but yes, yeah, CJ, CJ is hidden away in the CJ bunker. Um, but CJ, what, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, well, on your vacation, I had to, I had to do all the legwork and pull together a list. Um, so we're going to start with the Super Bowl, which is a pretty lame event. You know, like the Super Bowl is, is a very American thing. And like, as America has transitioned into this, like woke dystopia, the NFL has kind of followed along with it, you know, and you just see the symbology everywhere. And the whole thing has become super like effeminate and like it's, it's regime ball and it's, I can't even watch it. So you didn't watch it either, well, huh? I, I didn't. Well, I mean, I was actually on the uh, airplane on the way uh, to Florida from Minnesota. Okay. So, and I got a really cheap flight because it was scheduled during the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> so uh, that's, that's why, but really, I mean, if you, if you read uh, Christopher Caldwell's um, age of entitlement, I think I referenced it last week. Uh, if, if you, if you've read that book, you'll, you'll realize that like um, the NFL has been on the cutting edge of, of American progressivism, uh, really for, for a long time, like our, our entire lives. Um, there was, there was one state this is what Caldwell brought up in in the book. There was one state that like refused to, uh, celebrate Martin Luther King day. Uh, and it was Arizona. And so the NFL, like in response, did the same thing that the major league baseball did to Georgia after they passed election reform. Um, they, they moved the super bowl from, from Arizona. So like, that's the tie in to like, to, to all of this is like this has been going on for a while that that like the social agenda the whatever the progressive you know front line is like the NFL is very close to that from for a very long time it's it's only become really obvious now where it's like and racism is plastered in the end zone and and the ad that says football is gay you know in June and, and things like that where it's like I mean it's 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 so obnoxious and you yeah. can't you can't really avoid it at all um well, where, where before actually- it was kind of in the background. I mean, we're, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about is like the character of Western persecution. That That's exactly it. It's not a gun to your head. Yeah. You know, like confess that Jesus is not Lord and or we'll kill you or whatever, like all that stuff. It, that's complete. Um, they're setting you up to expect the a certain type of uh, persecution that's not coming down the pipeline at all, at least in the yeah. foreseeable future. Yeah. But it is enforceable by the private institutions, by the corporations, um, you know, by the sports, by the entertainment industry. Those are the things that are reinforcing the regime narratives. Um, so we, we're, we're going to get to Absolutely. that. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll start here. Um, we'll start with my article um, just because I was particularly peeved to see like, a, like Candace Owens and a bunch of the like, Daily Wire type cons- like media, I call them media conservatives. And the media conservatives they were saying things like, you know, the Rihanna, the Rihanna concert or whatever, the, the halftime show is not that bad. And conservatives who are making a big deal of it are going to lose the culture war, you know, because they they're, they treat this thing like it was this horrible show, but it actually wasn't. But it's, one of the things that's hilarious <laughs> is like. Yes, yeah, the shadow that. following. 
following them to perdition. That's the uh, right. Yeah, right. that's the dab. That's the line. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so so yeah, or the Michael Malice one of conservatism, conservatism is progressivism driving the speed limit, right? That's that's it's totally true. Yeah, exactly. And so like you have like a couple of weeks ago, you had like the actual satanic like festival with the Grammys, right? And so and so they <laughs> yes. set that up, yeah. and then Rihanna can come out with all the same symbology, all the same color coordinations, all the same posturing and dances that have the same similar milieu but because it wasn't quite as explicit that's now the conservative concert you know it's like it's hilarious yeah, yeah. because they were they, they set themselves up for failure and if that's winning the culture war then i don't want to win that's that's retarded you know what i mean yeah yeah exactly it's like it's it's um it's it's not culture like you have to play in in their ballpark using their rules where you're always set up to fail like there's no there's no counter culture allowed to to operate in in within that paradigm like it's just oh you we have it's you can praise rihanna or be against it uh against her and 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 that kind of music like that's that's all that you're allowed to do i mean it's it's playing according to their rules it's it's ridiculous and the only the only way is to like not play is to say like that's that's just weird and stupid um, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, exactly. it's not not worth not worth paying attention to so yeah so exactly so i, I call it the reunification of american culture um but like in my interpretation, like Rihanna is just a symbol. So what they do is they put these people up and they just, they're symbols. They act as kind of monuments that remind everybody that you're, you're in a culturally occupied zone. And she represents like that regime um, reinforcement narrative of you're occupied. You don't belong here. Your culture has been taken over. And this is what you have to look to um, for your entertainment. You know, this is what your kids get to grow up on. And it's like the reunification of everything. And conservatives have to play that. They, they have to endorse it and they have to say it's completely fine and look the other way, even though it has absolutely nothing to do with historical, like um, American culture, American football, American baseball, American music. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a complete repudiation of all that. And they set people like her up as a reminder of who conquered whom. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they allow, though, um, the, the one, you know, piece that uh, maybe not pushback but but uh you know nuance i would maybe give it is that you look at the super bowl overall they allow uh well one you have the controversy over like the black national anthem versus the 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 national anthem and how that that's become a thing how there's a separate national anthem for black people in america um but then also like the one piece of maybe like americana or like genuine american culture which is which is also reunified is country music like country right. western music is is very much like the stuff of the heartland right um and it is so they they let probably one of the more genuine you know, genuinely country music artists chris stapleton <laughs> do the the national anthem um but it just reminds me of like like how ghettoized actual americana is right um and it, it's it's also like the you know the the hot meme of the week was the uh, Yellowstone meme, uh, and, and and like the the point there is like okay, you've got that show that I mean, most of the like normal people that I know like really like it. They think this is a great show every Sunday night. That's what I watch, um, yeah. and and it's it's be- and it's because like it it adopts the aesthetics of of you know rural American people, like people that recognize that kind of look like us. Um, and yet they smuggle in all this like woke stuff through that show, quite obviously, right? And so, yeah. um, 
And so it's it's the same kind of thing. Like that's that's country music. That's what country music has been certainly in the last ten or fifteen years. But really, I mean, the nine the nineties and two thousands was that way as well. Um, and so it's you you have these things where you know there maybe is a genuine possibility of of an alternative culture, a separate mm-hmm. culture, or 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 um, tr- something that that uh, pays some credence to uh, traditional culture of America. Um, but it's, it's totally subverted from, from the ground up. Like there yeah. is, there's no possibility of that. Like no one, they're not going to make a spinoff of Yellowstone. That's, that's about how, um, you know, th- that's about how like the, the, the 1930s isolationists were right. <laughs> like they're not going to, and like <laughs> anything like that, or like the immigration restrictionists of the 1900s were, were actually not wrong yeah. uh, to, <laughs> to fight these people. Like, they're not going to do that. You know, like they're not going to use these things to like, to, to facilitate any kind of like paleo culture in America. That's, that's not going to be allowed. Right. Um, it's only going to be like this pale imitation. Um, exactly. so like th- those are your alternatives. And so, I mean, that's what like the people like Candace Owens and the daily wire and people like that represent is like this tepid, you know, is the shadow <laughs> of progressive progressivism, um, on its way to perdition. Like that's that, that that's what the, they are too. Like they are, there, there's not going to be any genuine conflict, with with um with the left from those yeah. people it's always going to be the progressivism of five minutes ago um, yeah and, so, and, and you and see the, that like dave, dave reason... rubin is a host on the daily wire like come on give me a yeah break. exactly you know? <laughs> i think i think one of the um one of the points that i was trying to make is like there's this phrase to describe these people like values conservatism so so what they do yeah is they take these like um singular like behavioral um <sighs> Re- like reference like how to how to behave well like you're supposed to be kind to people don't steal don't lie like um you know even even like be like sexually normal which is already now breaking down with people like dave rubin but you have yeah. all these individual yeah. things and you can place this in any cultural setting and it call it conservative so it's like a values conservative. Yeah. you have these like values mm-hmm. that you can put anywhere and it makes automatically makes the culture conservative and i think that's the complete antithesis of like what it actually means to be a rooted conservative, aware of your cultural background and your heritage and your willingness yeah. to defend and preserve that and continue it on through your posterity. I think that's like a more meaningful conservatism, but the values conservatism that dominates media conservatism, the conservative incorporated is, is really um, working to undermine and subvert like the historical Christian or uh, historical American way. You know, so that I have, yeah. um, I have little patience for. I have, I have, I have less patience for that type of conservatism than I do the out and out leftists because the, they're they're more transparent. Yeah. You recognize that they're the enemy, and you can declare war on them. Whereas the conservatives just waste everybody's time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, moving on uh, to our next topic, um, the other thing that has dominated the news all week long has been the disaster in East Palestine. Ohio, the uh, the train derailment and then subsequent uh, fallout of the environmental disaster in that town. Um, so, CJ, the question that that really, especially in, in kind of our world, um, the world that, that we kind of inhabit and that the people that we follow and that follow us and so forth, um, the question that has dominated that is: is this a conspiracy? Is there is the government trying to nuke? Uh, town small rural towns like east palestine ohio and destroy everyone um or is it is it totally a coincidence is it just uh 
typical collapse. So uh, that we've that we've been facing for the for the our entire lifetimes, really, and particularly the last twenty years. So um, is this is this conspiracy to destroy rural America, or is this uh, a genuine you know just genuine coincidence? I think the conspiracy to destroy rural America has been going on for decades, and this is one of the fruits of that. It's like they don't want to pay attention to the quality and maintenance and um, you know prolonging of the of the flyover America, of middle America. They don't want to have anything to do with it, and so they will neglect those areas. And so as they begin to become decrepit and fall apart, um, they're going to just um, ignore it. You know, so I think that's part of the overall yeah. conspiracy is they just don't care enough about those areas and the people that occupy them. Um, they don't care enough about them to do anything that would prevent these types of things from happening. I think we're going to see a lot more of this yeah. just because there's there's no ability or will, political will or corporate will to invest in these areas. Um, I don't think it's purely coincidence either, though. The, the fallout mm-hmm. from some of these things have to do with like natural resources like water Uh, a lot of them have to do with like food processing and eggs Mm -hmm. especially chickens that's not coincidental um those benefit the very types of people in power um that that uh you can fortify yourself against if you have these resources you know the more that they become the more that they fall apart the more benefit uh, it's you know the the more that it benefits the people who are working to undermine it. So it's like it's not a coincidence, yeah. but I don't think they're issuing drone strikes or anything like that. Although it is really bizarre. <laughs> like yeah. like within a week, you have yeah. four different locations with these chemical outbreaks. Um, that is bizarre to me, and mm-hmm. I don't I don't put anything past them. Yeah, at all. Well, and and, and I mean the I I initially was you know somewhat skeptical of any any possibility of a conspiracy i mean you, you know me i don't believe in conspiracies at all ever um but uh <laughs> but I, I, w- I was skeptical at first uh then i saw like this something about the cdc changing you know changing something a couple days ago uh, before the accident like a week or two before the accident uh regarding violent chloride so that's that's a little bit suspicious i mean maybe maybe that's a coincidence too um yeah. But at the end of the day, like I don't discount it. I, I think it's more than likely it's plausible that this is just a you know, standard accident. You know, apparently there's like 1,700 train derailments a year in in our country, which it you know that's like four a day. I mean, some of them are much more minor than this one, obviously. Um, uh, most of them are, I would imagine. Uh, but yeah, these these are the things that happen. Uh, but I, I think you know, yeah, are there. Um, is is there an overarching plan to, you know, de-kulakize Middle America? Of course there is. It's obvious. I mean, you don't even have to look at like the environmental damage that's going on. But by the way, too, it's like, I mean, these people, right? Just watching the response, right? These people who want to take away my gas stove, right? These people who like want to to get rid of automobiles, right? Um, and are so like and, and who weep who weep tears over the possibility that someone might use a plastic straw somewhere on the earth. Um, right. These same people like are totally blase about igniting a giant mushroom cloud of toxic, you know, chemicals over, over a town near on the Ohio river watershed. Right. I mean, that's like, that's, it's absurd to me. Like, I mean, it, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. I mean, obviously those people don't ever, they do not care about the environment at all. They don't. It's just, it's just something, to, a political tool to beat people over the head with, obviously. And every, everyone knows that. But, um, 
but like the question of like, is there a conspiracy to de-Kulak eyes middle, middle America? Do they hate these people and want them dead? Of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. They hate us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and it, it, you don't even have to look at like incidents like this to know that, uh, just look at fentanyl or just look at the issue of fentanyl. Like you, you mentioned earlier, like political will, right? If there was political will to keep fentanyl and opiates <laughs> and meth and, and heavy narcotics like that out of the country, they could do it, right? They yeah. could do it in a heartbeat, right? That's, that's like the big, like one of the kind of like, you know, libertarian ideas that I just thought like, well, it's just always going to get in no matter what, there's nothing you could do. You can't stop a product. And it's like, Oh, absolutely. You can like, and you can see that because like they got, they got white people to stop using the N word all throughout. <laughs> like, like you don't even have to like grow a poppy and then distill it down into stuff and then transport it across the border. Like you could just make that word happen by speaking and they, they completely eliminated that from the entire country. Like, like that, like easily, right? Because political will existed to do that, to accomplish that end. Um, so can they, can they stop that? No, absolutely. They can. Absolutely. Yeah. They can they, but they don't. In fact, they actually facilitate the importation of it. Yeah. They right. Profit they, from they, it every, politically and financially. Yeah. Yeah. This is known <laughs> that they do this. And so of course, of course they can do this stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so they want, they, they don't care. It's not just that they don't care. Like they want these people dead. They want these communities, these rust belt areas to be depressed and mm -hmm. destroyed. They mm -hmm. want this, they want this stuff to happen. And so like, do they not care? Like, so they'll let, they'll, they'll let, you know, um, corporations like Norfolk Southern, you know, slip through the cracks and, and, and push through deferred maintenance and, and just not repair stuff. They'll, they'll let, they'll let them, have incompetent people running the rails. I mean, some of this I think also is related to, you know, to that end. Um, I, I don't know how much you paid attention to this. I, I have some friends that work in, in the railroad industry that were on top of this uh, way more, but like there was almost a huge rail strike of all the rail workers in the entire country this last year. And like the Biden administration put the total kibosh on it completely. Mm -hmm. um, and, and really um, gave all these rail workers a very, you know, um, really raw deal. Um, and so like, how much does that play into this as well? I, th I think quite a bit, partly too, cause it's like, um, blue collar workers, even though like supposedly they're the party of unions and so on and so forth, like that's not their constituency that they represent. Um, they, they hate those people, right? They hate mm -hmm. them. Even if they vote for them, like they hate them, <laughs> like they hate, um, uh, they hate the people of middle America. Like it's just, it's, that is their, that is their political agenda. Um, and so, you know, so it is, it's just funny, like watching, you know, I've been, I've been here in, in Florida, um, and, uh, you know, Fox news is on everywhere, uh, including my parents' house. And, uh, so I'm watching their talk, all, all they do all day long is talk about where's Mayor Pete. And they show these like graphics of him swinging on the thing. And it's like, where's Mayor Pete? Why isn't he out there in a hazmat suit himself cleaning this up? And it's like, no one, no one, um, uh, despises Pete Buttigieg more than me. Okay. Like just get, get that through. <laughs> like nobody, I, I, do I care that like all the boomers are, are hating on him right now? Not at all. Like, great. More of it. Wonderful. But, um, the commentary on it is, has been, uh, so pathetic because it's like, oh, this is just the Biden administration like scoring yeah. these cheap political, political points against the Biden administration when it's like n missing the forest for the trees, that there's this overarching political goal of the left to destroy the country from within. This, yeah, this That's is, what they don't see. 
but that's the that's the complete like Republican line is like um, if the Democrats have a, like a petty little technical mess up, you know, it's like, well, we can run the economy mm-hmm. better. We can be more efficient in this yeah. area. We can spend yeah. less and get more out of it. We, we're better at being not racist. Like, you know, that's just kind of like their thing. Yeah. They, yeah. They're they're They can they have a better competence at doing the same things that the regime wants to do anyways like that's their entire argument is like yeah. the the problem with the the whole situation there and there's been other ones too like in, in in North Carolina or South Carolina there's been more of those but their whole argument is that the republicans could choose a better man for the job and that's that's like that's yeah. such a stupid that's so beyond yeah. what we need to be yeah. talking about right now <laughs> you know what i mean no i know i know it's i mean it really is like it, it reminds me of the fact that like that uh, it's like Dinesh D'Souza, it's the, like Dinesh D'Souza, like saying, yeah. well, the Republican Party has a much longer history of being against, you know, slavery. It's like, who cares? Like racism and things like, like that. Yeah. Cares. Yeah. It's like, it, exactly. It's like you, you want to like it more, make their goal, the regime's goal more efficient. Like you want exactly. to get there faster because yeah. we're, we're better at it than you are. I mean, it's, it's, it is just like, um, you know, I was, was going to bring up like, like Milton Friedman is the one that came up with income tax withholding because he said, you'll be able to raise taxes more easily by doing it this way. Yeah. It's like, like that's like, we're going to make that more efficient. Isn't that wonderful? Um, and, and it's like, that's what, that's what Republicans do is they, they, I mean, especially in the 20th century, like their goal is, is to maybe be like a slight release valve um, against what what the left is doing, and, and yeah. not provide any legitimate yeah. resistance to it whatsoever. Yeah, you, you know um, where you know where Obamacare came from. It came from Mitt Romney because he opposed in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah, he he opposed Hillary Clinton's single payer solution and came up with this uh, structure of things that was more efficient, more economically sound, more <laughs> running government like a business. And then it yeah. became national, and it was Obamacare. So it's like it, who, I, I don't. Yeah, those critiques are so meaningless. Um, to what we should be talking about, which is uh, much more foundational, much more fun- fundamental, and they should be seek to eliminate, you know, these types of positions. Like, you know, I I'd be happy to let things fall apart a little bit in my area just to get the TSA, the transportation, you know, agencies out of the way. You know, so I. Oh, yeah. Who cares? I mean, I live my my home is is not far from the railroad tracks. I mean, I was thinking about this. Like, this could be my town. Yeah. Right? This could be my town that this is happening in, and I and I'm I, it's it's terrifying, right? Yeah. Um. That like and and you see the things that have happened to these people that their homes are now this toxic waste pit, but the EPA says it's totally safe to live there, and the governor of Ohio is like, "Yo, you could live within one mile of the disaster zone, you'd be just fine." And and like when he's asked, "Hey, would you like to?" like live there would you move your family to that spot like he totally sidesteps the question it's like i would be taking water from east palestine ohio and like and like this is something that should be done like this is actual political action of people in ohio if you're in ohio near this area like you know safely gather some water from the area that they say is safe in east palestine right go in your kitchen sink pour the water put it in a put it in a mason jar and take it to to um Governor DeWine and say, if this water is safe to drink, like your government says it is, you take a drink of this, right? On camera for everybody to see, right? You do it, right? And they should be badgering him everywhere he shows his face in that state. They should be saying, drink this water, drink this water. You say it's safe, you drink it, right? Have your kids drink it. Have your grandkids drink it, right? Um, of course, he's not going to do that. Of course, he's not going to Well, he's a coward and a liar, right? I mean, the fact that that guy got reelected. Oh my goodness. Like that tells you 
where the Republican Party is at, that yeah. a guy like that could get reelected in that state. Um, so uh, before I get any more furious and, and angry about it, uh, let's move on to the next the next thing. Um, the the next point. Um, you had you had a tweet, and then I I stole it and I, I wrote an article about it, which which will appear on Gab News. Uh, but you had a tweet about um, martyrdom. Or a Christian martyrdom in in what what I call tr- Christian martyrdom in trash world, um, you know what's that about? What what did you mean by this tweet? Tell us about the the point that you're making um, about martyrdom versus martyrdom in the past. Martyrdom in the past, I think anyone who kind of came of age in like the 80s and 90s grew up on like the voice of the martyrs model. You know, like, yeah. like, like there's like horror stories of like China, like after the Chinese revolution and in the Soviet mm-hmm. union, like Stalinist, where, you know, someone would put you up against the wall and make you deny Christ. And if you, you know, didn't, they would shoot your wife or whatever, like those types of just terrible stories, mm-hmm. imprisonment, like actual forced coercion. I call that masculine totalitarianism. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, a guns and knives out type of totalitarianism. Yeah. Um, where you have yeah. to learn to physically fight because there's those physical dangers all around you. We grew up on that. And so there's this kind of mm-hmm. instinct that pervades evangelicalism at large that thinks of this f- American future where that situation is happening. And I don't think that's um, helpful. I don't think that's a profitable way of thinking yep. about things because what we've actually seen in the fruits of liberalism is the complete reverse of that. It's not masculine. It's feminine. Yeah. It appeals to whether you're being too insensitive. It appeals to whether you're catering to people's minority status. Um, it, you know, it, it focuses on um, you know, whether you're uh, in a position of power and unfairly taking advantage of someone just by you know, the function you play in the social hierarchy. You know, that's a very petty, like, like quasi-feminist type approach to things. And I think mm-hmm. that um, the effeminate totalitarianism that's upon us is going to be much more psychological. It's going to be much – it's going to pervade um, the, the providers of, like, our goods and services and the corporations. They're going to make you remember that because of your religion, because of your race, because of your cultural heritage, you are an oppressor group, and you don't deserve to be part of society unless you go through the penance and you mm-hmm. repent and you – um, you know, mm-hmm. a- admit to the new orthodoxies. There's no guns in that situation. It's just, look, if you want to no. eat, just admit that 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 gays are legitimate. That uh, you know, transsexualism mm-hmm. is a uh, emancipatory you know process. Like you just have to admit all these things. And if you do that, you get to participate in society. You get a job. You get to go buy food. Mm-hmm. You get to you, you get you're, you get electric. You get electricity in your house. Like all these things. Yeah, that are coming with this dystopian situation. It's very effeminate. There's this article in Chronicles, I think it was a year ago by Anthony Esselin, and it was called Effeminate Cruelty. And he talks about yes. like, yeah. did you read that? Uh, I think it's it behind did, a yeah. paywall, unfortunately, right now. But it's, it's called Effeminate Cruelty, and it's it's amazing. And it just talks about the petty mm-hmm. little DMV lady culture that we've mm-hmm. produced and it's pervaded into our churches it's pervaded into our private institutions like we always talk about the difference between the private sector and the public sector and like all this bad stuff no that's that's not how the total regime works in the state of the in the situation where we have the total state mm-hmm. everything's been effeminate everything's revolutionary everything's dystopian and it tries to attack your mind at all times no one's yeah. going to put a gun to your head 
but you will be threat. Your livelihood will be threatened. Your reputation will be threatened if you say the wrong word or think the wrong thoughts. No, there was a there was an article as well. Um, in First things today by by the poster Lomez uh, on the Longhouse, and it, it talks about all all these same things. The the term you know in the online right of the Longhouse, which is a reference to you know Paleolithic. Um, you know, Paleolithic culture that was matriarchal and you'd have, I mean, you, you imagine like the Venus of Willendorf, they just the huge obese fat woman uh, statue uh, lording over everything yeah. in, in the society. Um, that's, that's what this is about. And he, he goes into quite a bit of detail just about um, how feminized society is, how women have overtaken uh, positions of authority and, and so forth. Um and and so it isn't it isn't just this like pejorative where it's like girls are bad boys are boys are good kind of th- kind of thing where where people are just you know mocking uh, something being feminized or effeminate. Um, it's very real. It's it's mm-hmm. an, it's an actual reality. Like it's, it's, the, it's, it's the gynarchy it's that, like, that people live under. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. The, it, I mean that. Yeah. So so like when you have people like Nikki Haley that are running for president. You know, and she's saying things yes. like, maybe we need to try a woman out. Maybe we put it. Well, yeah, the woman is the perfect leader for our type of regime. The woman fits yeah. best into that profile. And the reason you can have all of these women into corporate positions like is happening now, and they're completely taking over the executive class in corporate America and in, in politics is because our type of totalitarianism suits the woman's personality best. Yes. And that doesn't mean that men can't yeah. be totalitarian, obviously, but it does mean that our yeah. particular experience, <laughs> yeah. our particular experience is very effeminate, you know, and it's, it's very going to be yeah. psychologically. Yeah. And, you, and, and I think men and anybody watching this who have kids, you need to pay particular attention to this. You have to go above and yeah. beyond to raise your boys to become men because every single pressure yes. point in society wants to keep them outside of the masculine um, horizon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's why I, I, I tell people like your, your kids should play sports. I mean, I've been in, in, um, you know, conservative Christian homeschool, private school environments and in, in that kind of environment, people, people are very, usually very middle-class and very intellectualized and they don't. And I say like my kids, my sons are going to play football. Mm-hmm. Um, my boys are going to play like sports that are contact sports that they're, you're on a team and you get hit and you're going to encounter pain. Mm-hmm. Um, other people are big into martial arts, having having their kids do martial arts. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it's like that's that's what I want for my boys because I mean, for me, that that is something that taught me um, to you know what you know masculinity, like to be able to to, to endure pain yeah. uh, with other with other young men uh, together to achieve a goal. Like that, that taught me more than any book I could have read. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and, and so like, that's what I, it, so you have to like set normally like 50, 60 years ago. Um, I mean, you think the kind of guys that, that got drafted to fight in world war two or Vietnam, um, no one had to teach those guys about how to be a man. There were no books that said, here's how you be a man. Right. Here's how to be, there was no, there was no you know, red pill manosphere telling them how to talk to women right. uh, or any of those things. Um, and we needed that because yeah. that knowledge was lost. In, in, <laughs> that now, we, we need these true. things because nobody true. knows. In some sense, like there's a lot of good books out right now. In fact, in the show notes page, I'll link to a couple of my favorite. There's one by Doug Wilson. There's another by Anthony Esselin. There's a couple other masculine, yeah. I mean, the what's his name? Foster. Uh, his book is really like Foster. Yeah, yep. yeah. So those are all great books. But the fact that we have books to teach these things is an aspect of our decline. 
Yeah, it's an indictment. Um, I mean, and, and it's obviously nothing against those guys who wrote phenomenal right, books. Right, of course, it's of an course. indictment. It's an indictment that we have to even have them written, right? Uh, because we we just we have no idea. Those we have things, no idea how those it is the, to be a man. But that's yeah. Those it are the didn't types, happen by accident. Those are the types of things right. that need to be absorbed and not read about. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Things that are caught and not taught, and 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 so, like, and so how do you do that? Like, it's it's you know try to catch the things for yourself, and some of it is it like takes acts of courage mm-hmm. to actually be manly and do masculine things. Yeah. Uh, when it's not allowed, when it's forbidden. Right. Um, I mean, I remember seeing this in college. Like, this is you know in, in my article, some of the stuff I wrote about is is my experiences in college, um, in in evangelical circles in it in my college days, you know, almost 20 years ago now where, um, you, you know, you were not, uh, you're, you're not allowed to do masculine things. Like you're not allowed to be a man. You're not allowed to talk uh, frankly or directly. Mm -hmm. Um, that's, you're, you're supposed to couch everything in, in, in like Weasley words. Um, and, and in my experience in, in college, going back to, you know, the, the idea of martyrdom, um, I, I didn't have the words to articulate what was going on in those days, but I remember going to class and there was, there was a, there was a post a, a while back by some, uh, woke Christian somewhere, um, talking about how oh, it's a myth that there is, there's, it's a myth that, that there's this persecution in colleges, you know, that, that, that's not happening. That's, that's not real. And it's like, I experienced it. Everybody I know in other colleges experienced it where you go to, <clears throat> I, I go to like biology class. And the biology professor would be talking about how stupid the evangelicals are. Mm-hmm. Like these stupid evangelicals, they're a bunch of idiots. Like, don't they realize that homosexuality is totally normal or, or whatever? Like, I mean, it, it'd be in history class. It'd be in philosophy class. It'd be in whatever. And it'd have nothing to do with the actual, like, lecture mm-hmm. or any of the subject matter. Uh, they would just start bashing it because, like, in, in that moment, like um, – the that the iteration in those days of literally Hitler was was George Bush and he got into office because of evangelicals. So they they were public enemy number one on the college campus. But like the college campus is just a window into 15 years from now. Um, and so, Thanks. you know, I, I didn't have the words to articulate it. Right. But I was I was in negative world. Right. If you we should link to this, too. Like if you're familiar with Aaron Wren's three worlds of evangelicalism, he has a good synopsis of 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 what that is. But mm-hmm. like we were like everywhere else was neutral world where everyone's perception of Christianity and of Christians was, oh, whatever. Like they're they're just people like anybody else. It's like a hobby, like collecting stamps or or being part of the Lions Club, whatever. That's it's not that big a deal. But like negative world is is this is this. Uh, gynocratic longhouse tyranny where if you're a Christian and like sincerely a Christian, not, not a David French kind of Christian, but like an actual Christian. Um, and, and you really believe the Bible and you you make no yeah. bones about it. You don't apologize for it. Like you hold to what the Bible says, like you are a bad person. Yeah. You're a bad person and we're going to make you pay. Yeah. That's like, a, you are bad. You are our enemy. That's the other thing about the, um, type of persecution it's not it's not like they're banishing your faith it's that they redefine it and if you don't adhere to the new catechism they still call it christianity they still call it following jesus but it's it's just wrapped in all of these completely left-wing egalitarian um trends that you have to commit to and so you'll notice this yeah this is going to become more and more prevalent but you'll notice this on twitter and everywhere else that the loudest people trying to undermine your way of life are doing it in the name of Jesus. That's the nature of the persecution. Yes. 
That's the nature of it. Yes. Yeah. And this is why, this is why, like, I mean, people have, have talked about, like, the, uh, the he gets us. That's the other thing with the Super Bowl is, like, the he gets us right. uh, campaign. And it, and it's, it's that same model. It's these people who, who want to make, you know, Christianity and Jesus appealing to, you know, the, the mainstream of American culture, which is captured by the left, mm-hmm. right? So they have these things about social justice and, and Jesus was a refugee and all this kind of stuff because they've hollowed out Christianity and they wear it as a skin suit over progressivism. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's allowed, right? That's the state church. And right. so you see this in places where there is like overt masculine you know, historical persecution is it wasn't just that like – actual Christianity was stamped out and persecuted heavily. It's also that you have these like collaborator churches of state approved mm-hmm. religion. So there's, there's like, you know, China today has, has state approved churches um, over and against the, the house churches. And so like, that's, that's what that's like Russell Moore and David French and Tim Keller and those guys, that's what they are. Yeah. Like they're the, they're the regime approved Christians over and against like historic, traditional, actual Christianity. And, and so like people don't, I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm lowercase C Catholic, right? I, I don't want to say this person's not a Christian that like, I don't want to be this like obnoxious schismatic person that says these, they're not real Christians. Only me, only me who interprets this doctrine in this exact teeny tiny particular way are the real Christians. I, I don't ever want to do that. Yeah. I want to be like, I want to be Catholic, sin- you know, mm-hmm. sincere and, and Catholic and, and charitable mm-hmm. to anyone, any, yeah. Who, to anyone who professes Christ's name. Um, but at a certain point you have to say like these, these people don't share the same beliefs I yeah. do. And, and the second their faith is put <laughs> up against any kind of actual real resistance, yeah, they buckle. So there's, yeah. Right? So, and so what are they? So, so there's like, when you when you think about like the the Soviet Union, some of the Eastern experiences where the churches were just completely stamped out and driven underground, that's a different type of revolution. So in uh, Aristotle referred to this situation where he called it the revolution within the word or a revolution within the form. And from an outside perspective, if you're not aware of the complete swapping out of definitions. You, they use the same rhetoric. They use the same phrases. They, yeah. they could even, on a surface level, cite the same um, like catechisms and, and confessions. They could do a lot of those things. Not completely, but they could do a lot of those things. Just, just look at what they do with Amado Day. Because yeah. they've changed the essence out of the frame, mm-hmm. it's a revolution, but most people don't even know that it happened. And so you're talking with yeah, these people as exactly. if you're on the same team, but they exist in a completely different cosmos than you. Yeah, you're you're using the same words, right? But you're speaking totally different languages. Right. That's that's the thing. Like, yeah, like I said, like Imago Day. That's the thing that they use. It's like, look at these image bearers. Look at these are all image yeah. bearers. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Like that's not what that that doctrine is about. Yeah. Like that's they not use, what that's for. They use what's called um, God terms, words like they're terms that you yeah. you can't refute because Imago Day. Like you have to believe in Imago Day. But so it's hard to refute them because most people watching the you know the contest they're not going to realize you know exactly what's happening. So they use those that that rhetoric against you you know to win the argument, and that's they could transform the world like that for a long time and keep everybody oh, yeah. operating under delusions. Yeah, I mean it's 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 like I mean it's like you're playing football and they're playing baseball and they're they're you know they're scoring runs while you're trying to score touchdowns. And, and you're just running out in the outfield, throwing a ball around, 
while they're scoring runs, right? Like that's that's what's going on. Like you're, there's just two separate, completely different things that, yeah. are, that are taking place, and you have no idea. And you think you're winning, like you think you're making the like you see this online a lot, where people will make these arguments and they'll make the. I mean, it's it's sort of like James Lindsay fighting wokeness, where it's like he makes this big, long, huge argument, and then they're just like, yeah, but you're a racist, you know? It's like. <laughs> and like yeah. it, it's like doesn't matter it doesn't matter at all right it's the same thing where it's like you make this big, big long argument explaining oh actually that's not what that doctrine means and that's not what that word means and here's the historical usage of it and it's like nobody has the attention span to be able to deal with that like um the way they win is casting you as the enemy mm-hmm. as the bad person and you have no defense for that yeah because you're not willing to fight them the same way yeah and so like that's that's the thing that has to i think change is that is understanding like these these are not our friends we should fight them like tooth and nail um and the hard thing is it's is distinguishing between people that are under their sway people that are influenced by them um that that don't realize it that don't realize that they're like carrying water for people that hate them and are their enemies people that are that are sincere and genuine and, and, and decent folks decent christian people that just don't get it like that's that's the trap you easily can fall into is like fighting with your friends and on Facebook uh, that just do not get it and are never going to get it um, un, under the current you know paradigm. Um, and so that's that, but that's, that's the, I think the single greatest challenge again is, is the collaborators like the regime churches, the regime Christians, those are like, those are the, they're much more dangerous right. to us than, than anybody. Like, I mean, I, I say David French and Russell Moore and all these people, because people listen to them. People think like, these are good, solid, decent. How could, I mean, I'm sure there might be people that hear me say this, that when I say like, David French is not a Christian. It's like, how dare you say that? How could you say that? He's a brother in Christ. And it's like, he, he, he uh, constantly fights against me and my people and, and, and fights for the people that want my children dead. Yeah. Right. That's how you need to look at him. Right. That's he carries water for those people consciously, yeah. like self-consciously. He, his job is to defend those people and and fight against any any effective resistance to, to their goals. So, no, I, I, I I'm I'm not going to treat him like a brother. Um, he's he's duplicitous. He's he's evil. Um, so, no, no, not at all. Um, so speaking of evil, <laughs> speaking of evil, uh, children using social media is evil. Uh, yes. We both agree on that, and any, anyone listening <coughs> here uh, agrees on that. Uh, Senator Josh Hawley, um, um, someone who I voted for for as attorney, for Attorney General of, of Missouri when I lived there, uh, Josh Hawley, a uh, pretty good senator in, in the state of Missouri, uh, introduced a bill to ban minors from using social media. And so there's some consternation online about that. Some people really don't like this idea. Um, what are your thoughts, CJ? Uh, great intentions. I don't even mind using the state in these kind of ways. The only problem is that there's this overall global trend or like Western global like um, push to mm. just completely eliminate um, anonymous people online. Um, and I, I see this as really playing into that. Um, but the idea of like uh, coming up with some mechanism to keep kids offline as long as possible – like I, I absolutely endorse that mentality, hundred percent. I think, I think the idea you already spoke about, like people's, you know, attention spans and all that. I don't think kids can read to the extent that they are absorbing, you know, Twitter and other type, this type of like image-based content all day. It's so bad for kids, and also they absorb the the rhetoric and narratives of of the uh, of the empire of darkness. So I don't, I don't have any problem with that, but I do think 
that it could become a sort of a trap. Um, and I do think that keeping people from joining online uh, and, and undermining their um, anonymous character can be can be really dangerous in the world that's come, especially because of what we just talked about. I mean, if you say something online that has not been approved yeah. by the regime, it's it's an unorthodox opinion about race, sex, religion, whatever, and, and they know exactly who you are and you can't buy food because of it or you lose your job because of it, um, that would be a, like a horrible fallout from this type of legislation. That's my two cents. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like that, that's, that's where I'm at on it too is that online anonymity has to be protected at all costs. Um, it, is, it, it is the bedrock of free speech. Um, especially in a totalitarian regime. I mean, if, if you think about like the guys that wrote the first amendment in America, um, you know, and, and the way, just, just the cultural upbringing and, and the values that they had that, to bring them to that place where they, they wrote the first amendment, uh, the experiences they had with, with the British crown and so forth. And you transport them to current year, Right. What would they, what would they think? Yeah, right. I mean, and and not even not thinking that like these are the be all and end all of of what's good and right and and or that the First Amendment is this like absolute um, moral doctrine like 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 it's part of the Bible, um, but rather just I mean just thinking about like these people that are, that understood the value of free speech to you know to Western you know Anglo Saxon a political and legal tradition. Why is that important? Um, you bring them to today and they would think they, they would, would they be for anonymity online? Uh, I, I think unless you're brain dead, like you would have, you have to be like, yes, absolutely. Like you can't have free speech unless, um, unless you can't uh, be destroyed. They could see, they see the soft totalitarian. They would be able to recognize it instantly. The soft totalitarianism or not, not so soft. Actually, that's, that's, the, I don't really actually like that term soft. That's why, soft. that's why I changed it to a fe yeah. feminine. Like Rod Dreher yeah. uses soft yeah. and hard, yeah. which I, I know what he's trying to say, but I like a feminine yeah. and masculine better. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's edgier too, <laughs> but, uh, um, but, but also it's, it's different because it's, it's real. It's like, it's psychological, it's social, mm -hmm. uh, totalitarianism, as opposed to, we're going to put a bullet in your head if you don't do what we say. Yeah. Totalitarianism. So the other phrase like, I like um, is like a, the other phrase I like is like distinguishing between like therapeutic totalitarianism and um, like mm. mi militaristic totalitarianism. I think yeah. ours is very yeah. therapeutic. Very much so. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's, it's all centered around ostracism. And it's like, I mean, it, ironically, people that are, you know, a quasi autistic who like don't care about social mores. Yeah. Like they, they, they're impervious to this, but really that's, yeah. that's, 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 just, that's just it. It's like, it's like so much of it is like, it's, it's, it, it's social um, pressure yeah. that drives most of these things. Yeah. Like if you can get the crowd to, to be a big mob that pushes everybody, you will do this. I mean, it's, um, I mean, the, the quintessential example is the Seinfeld episode with Kramer not putting on the AIDS ribbon, right? It's like, I don't want to wear it. Like, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't you have the ribbon? Where's the ribbon? You know, like, like, like that's, um, that, that's what it is right there is like the pressure that's on you. And so you need a way out from that and, and online anonymity um, is, is the only way. It's the only way. And I see people 100%. be like, well. There's got to be a there's got to be a better because like you could have trolls saying mean things to people online. It's like, who cares? Yeah, that's <laughs> so what that having <laughs> trolls having trolls say mean things online is the actual cost of of freedom, not the Iraq War. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like that's that's real freedom. It's like, oh, you have to put up with, yeah, with mean people. Yes, that's like, the cost. Okay. You know, let's do it. Yeah, it's okay. Whatever. Yeah. You know, I can, In fact, I, can I have a I have a really good mean to me. I have a really good suggestion for people that are bothered by that. Uh my suggestion is this. Log off the internet. <laughs> Yeah, leave, leave the internet forever. If you can't handle it, go away. You're not, you're not cut out for it. Um, and so, yeah. But, but as far as as far as it goes with like the kids uh, online, I don't want my kids online at all. I don't want them. I don't want them to be on TikTok or any of these things. But the issue is is the perennial one. It's like no matter how good and like how how strong of a parent I am and how 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 uh, devoted and how disciplined I am and how good I am at raising my kids, I could be the all star yeah. uh, father. Um, you don't exist on an island. Like my family doesn't exist. Um in this like Swiss family Robinson state where we have our little tree house and there's no civilization for hundreds of miles, uh, thousands of miles. Like the, we don't exist in that, in, in that world. Like there are pressures external from us. Yeah. And if, if the state is, I mean, this is why you have a state actually, like this is why you have political power outside the family is because, um, it, it solves these coordination problems where it's like my little kids, have FOMO, have fear of missing out because well, all their friends are on TikTok. Why can't I be on TikTok, Dad? And if that be, that presents a challenge because now they're reaching an age where they're close to maturity, close to adulthood. And it's, I mean, yeah, even if you're a good dad, he's like, honey, I don't want you on there. It's really bad, right? That she might, you know, my daughter might be able to hold out for a really long time because she's a, she's been raised well and she's a faithful Christian and and that's all good. Um, but but not everybody. It, not everybody's able to do that. And, and, and even if you are a good parent, like you, there's no perfect formula for like making sure your kids turn out perfectly. Like you should want to lessen the pressures on children to do bad stuff. Like that's, that's, that should be obvious. And this is why you have a state. So to keep children from being abused in this way. And, and like, this is abuse of children to have them online. Like how does this, how does this trans stuff like get transmitted? Mm-hmm. It isn't just the teachers like grooming them. Like that's that's one of the conservative things. Like, well, if we just pass these bills to keep the teachers from doing this stuff. Yeah, it's the it's private like, no, sector. It's, it's, it's a social inter- contagion. Yeah, it's the entertainment yeah. industry. So what I think should be done, I think you and I mentioned this before, is um, go after the, the the tech platforms themselves. You know, put the pressure on them, yeah. light them under fire. Like that's the that's the DeSantis, what DeSantis did with the um, with the alcohol uh, licenses. Right. He went after the institutions. Yeah. He went after the businesses. So you don't have to end the but you, you do. You can do things to crack down on the proliferation of evil online without um, without going the the uh, Holly route. Or, or you could I mean, you could do it with I mean, just through the cell phones where it's just like, sorry, uh, teenagers are not allowed to have smartphones. Yeah. Period. Like AT and T can't sell them to to kids. I mean, there's so many different mechanisms you could do this without without ending an- anonymity. But I, I think the bigger issue is that um, they're not going to think about that at all. <laughs> like they they're not going to be concerned about and like they because that's not even a thing in their minds. Yeah. Is 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 protecting anonymity? Like they don't they don't understand how crucial that is. Only like a small yeah. segment of like Gab people does. like <laughs> us think about those things. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Gab. But but like. The, the mainstream, like, normie conservative who watches Fox News doesn't think about being anonymous. on They don't have an anon account on, on social media. Like, they, they don't think about those things. They don't see how powerful that is. Yeah. Um, but but um, 
we'll see how. I, I don't think it stands much chance of passing. No. Actually, um, no. Uh, it's it's kind of one of these these larks that they they throw out there. But it, it's it's um, at the same time, I I would I would love it if if I had protection like that for my for my children. Yeah. Um, so finally, uh, speaking of protection, uh, protecting uh, our our sacred democracy, uh, President uh, Donald Trump uh, uh, had a had a statement recently where he said, I think he, it was a press release, maybe where he said he wants to set up a ballot harvesting operation. <laughs> um, is that a good idea, CJ? It's a great idea. I don't know if Trump's going to do it because it's kind of how Trump is. You know, that's part of his bombastic, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, character. Yeah. So if it's if it's if it's just Trump being Trump, it's still a good idea, uh, because this is what I was saying yeah. last time is you can't play the game against a ballot harvesting enemy of being nice and kind and expecting them to operate fairly and to, to do everything. That's not how politics works. If you want to engage in politics, if you want to distinguish between the friend and the enemy and overcome your enemy, you have to play the game of politics. That is going to include these um, these these mechanisms, these tactics of ballot harvesting. So I think it's fantastic. I think that – and it's funny because – they, they announced it or, you know, it was going around on Twitter. And if this had happened like 10 years ago, most of the conservatives were like, well, we're above that. You know, we're not going to we're not going to we're going to lose, yeah. but oh, we're going to lose yeah. nobly. Right. But now most of the commenters are like, let's do it. <laughs> most of the commenters are down with it. You know, and yeah. I think I think that's the crazier the left becomes, the more people become ra radicalized in this way. So. That's. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I think I mean I think he's probably joking, uh, but I I want um, I want people to fight fire with fire as much as possible. Like yeah, people would be people would be outraged even as a joke. Him saying this, uh, yeah. not even ten years ago, like five years ago. Yeah, like if he had said if he had said in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. I'm going to set up a ballot harvesting operation, and we're going to be so much better at it than the Democrats. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. Like, I mean, could you imagine how, how these people would freak out about it? Um, but uh, if you want to win, like, you have to actually you know, play the same game. Yeah. Right. You can't be playing two different games under two different sets of rules. Yeah. Um, of course, they're going to be they're going to be they, they have criminals like they, they the Democratic Party is a party of criminals. Um, so they're going to have criminals at their disposal to do criminal activity. Uh, well, that's but why there's, there's that's why there's Trump a gray to, area there. Yeah. Well, know? Trump needs to go back and he needs to reawaken like the Roger Stones and like like talking about criminals. Yes. I mean, that's like the Nixon. Nixon era yeah. type of like like mob strategies. Yes. <laughs> that there's 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 still some residue there from that from that era. Yeah, bring back Roger Stone. <laughs> Call him immediately. I mean, if he hasn't already, maybe he has. Yeah, maybe he has. With uh, that, wonderful... with that, I think I think we're we're good for this second episode. Yeah, that's that's all we got for today. Um, unfortunately, we don't have time to have our guest on the poster. We're gonna make it maybe next week. <laughs> uh, is there anything else? Uh, is there anything else, CJ, that you want uh, people to know yes. about that you've written that they oh. need to read? Um, I'm all I'm I am putting out more content finally, so I, I get like three or four columns up a week now. But the more exciting thing is when you posted the first episode, a lot of people are like, you know, where can we find the RSS feed? If you just go to contramundum dot captivate.fm, that's kind of our RSS feed. You can see all the different outlets we're on, Spotify, iTunes, everything is there that you need. My Twitter there is there, my Substack is there. 
All of Andrew's stuff is there. So you, that's kind of going to be the hub for everything related to the podcast. Although Google Podcast has not approved us yet. Um, they're probably trying to censor us. They know. I know. Like Michael, Bird, know. Michael Bird is probably <laughs> preventing them from uh, – allowing us on the platform or someone like that so they know they know <clears throat> anyways everything's going to be there um so let's it will have it we'll have it we'll have it uh in the show notes but it's it'll be there contramundum dot captivate dot fm that'll be our hub wonderful and and for me um i have a few articles that are going up on news.gab.com so you'll want to read those i have one on this this topic of of martyrdom uh in current year um as well i i, I want to discuss um uh just c- continuing to discuss the collapse of of america that's going to continue on over the next few decades um uh, with regard to the east palestine situation i wrote last last week about um about collapse in the technological age, uh, talking about AI and things like that. So you want to check that out as well. Um, and as far as that goes, that's all I have for us. You have a great week and we will see you next time. See you next time.